Welcome to Heartwood, Vermont, a new podcast that connects Vermonters to our forested landscape through stories and answers your questions about our forests, forest management, and the forest economy. I'm Kate Four, And I'm Lisa Sawsville. Lisa is the Executive Director of Vermont Coverts. And Kate is a Community Forestry Specialist with the UVM Extension. Together, we'll be your hosts as we explore our woods. In this episode, we will talk to landowners about the journey they take turning their interest in the woods into action on the ground. My name is Sabina Ernst. My woods are a 50-acre parcel with about 30 acres as a stand of mixed hardwood and conifers, and about 20 acres of that is in early successional growth and it also includes a small wetland community on one of the borders of the property. I think for me, it's about the opportunity to have a positive impact as a good steward of the land. I think that's one of the things that really drew me to being a landowner. I'm Skip Abelson. I I live in Sudbury, Vermont. I own some land with my brother, Donald Abelson. Uh, We own about 480 acres plus or minus. I'm Ruth Rutenberg. I live in Northfield, Vermont, about six miles out of town on 74 acres. We moved down here in 1975. We had bought it in 73. Spent the next 20 years or so fixing it up. And the 20 years after that, refixing it up. Initially, the farmer who owned it said it was about 75 acres. But he had been a former surveyor, so I borrowed his chain and I had sort of done a very informal survey of it before I bought it. And I said, no, no, I think there's close to 100 acres there. That was Alan Yale of Derby. Each person we spoke with started at a different point on the landowner journey. Lisa, what do you mean by the landowner journey? Well, in the Vermont Coverage Training, I explained to landowners that they're on a journey and we were looking at moving them along a continuum from interest in their woods and their land to knowledge to action. Vermont Coverage is a peer-to-peer organization that works to educate landowners about sound forest stewardship and wildlife management. The Coverage Training occurs two times a year And it's a three-day program where landowners are immersed in learning about forest stewardship, wildlife management, things affecting their forests, and also the ability to share that information in their community. I think Tom McAvoy was very clever in designing coverts where the hook was not timber production, but wildlife it's hard to find a landowner who doesn't get excited when they see that coyote or that bear mother with their cubs or a flock of turkeys. By taking a program which tells you how to increase your chances of, of getting wildlife on your land, and there are some even urban areas, you know, urban landscape plantings that are beneficial to wildlife, gardens that encourage butterflies and different types of birds. So I I used to teasingly say that coverts was a covert activity from Tom's perspective. 
he sneakily got us into managing our woodlands with the hook of wildlife. The idea that owning and caring for land is a journey came up in the conversations that we had with landowners. I'm a relatively new landowner. I only bought my land in August 2020. I'm a scientist, and so I like to do things based on evidence and research. And so I learned about the Coverts program. I was just really intrigued about learning more about how to be a good steward of the land and how to um, access resources. Once I went through the program, I just thought that it was a really great opportunity to make connections with all kinds of woodlands professionals, everyone from the wildlife biologists to the foresters. I feel like getting to know who those people are just helps me navigate all of the resources that are available and the services that are available to landowners. And that in turn will just help make me a better landowner. We're looking at the, uh, at the future differently than probably younger people. So we're, we're kind of on the final chapter of our, of our journey through uh, on this earth. And at this point in time, I've come to inherit this land from my father. He was put on this land by his father. I've taken on three roles up here. I call them uh, stewardship, silviculture, and succession. And those are the three main concerns I have on a, on a daily basis. My wife and I both thought, which meant we had summers to work on the house. We began to work with the woods, but primarily the first few years, the trees grew and we worked on the house. I got a postcard from Vermont Woodlands Association when I first got here, and they sent them out to new landowners and offered um, a forestry school. You know, it was the first time I ever heard the word timber value. I didn't know what timber value was. I, I'd never looked at my land in terms of timber value. I, I, I just, I just didn't know. And that just opened my eyes in a hundred different ways. And so then I saw an ad for the cooperator course that Coverts runs, and I took that. That opened my mind even further. I mean, I'll never forget sitting and hearing a talk about town forests, and I thought, oh, there are town forests. I didn't know that. The programs that Sabina and Ruth mentioned, like Vermont Coverts and Vermont Woodlands Association, offer a unique opportunity for landowners to get introduced to their land and their role as land stewards. They learn about the importance of setting goals, working with professionals, and steps to take action in their woods. One stop along the journey for many landowners is enrolling in the Use Value Appraisal Program, or Current Use, Jared Nunnery, the Orleans County Forester, explains this program well. The Use Value Appraisal Program is, is a program of many names, current use, land use, uh, use value. And what it is, uh, is a tax abatement program. Landowners that enroll in this program agree to actively manage their land for agriculture or forestry purposes. If their forest land is enrolled in the program, they're operating under a 10-year forest management plan approved by the county forester. That forest management plan includes a number of different details and information about their forest, and then also silvicultural prescriptions, um, which is that fusion of art and science 
and understanding what people have and, and what their management objectives are and what they're going to do to achieve those and maintain a healthy forest. And the benefit to the landowner is they're taxed at a use value rate as opposed to the fair market value rate, which ultimately realizes in a reduction in uh, the taxes they pay annually. All of Vermonters are benefiting from that working landscape that's kept operational through this program. So to be enrolled in Vermont's use value program, landowners need a forest management plan, which is generally developed in collaboration with a consulting forester. Before we go on, it's important to note that any forester who's offering services to landowners, such as developing a forest management plan, needs to be licensed. Check out the show notes for a link to learn more about working with a Vermont licensed forester. I think there's a real value in walking land, both with professionals and others. When Russ Barrett was the county forester, he walked the land with me, and I had a couple of questions that you know, he was really important in, in answering. I invited my forester to come out and we walked the land. I would say it was a really positive interaction. I, I just I just basically started calling foresters and I found one that I, I thought would be a good fit for me and, and he had time and availability. So we met up and walked through the woods and, you know, gave him a sense of of what was out there and what needed to be done. It was just really nice to to sort of form a partnership and feel like you're part of a team where the collective goal is really to bring out the best in your land and to make your visions for your land a reality. Just to have an ally on on your team, you know, who really understands so many aspects of, of the woods and the forest and, and can just be a good springboard for ideas. George Buzzo, who is an institution here, a little older than I am, but he was here for almost his whole career as a county forester. He was a lot of help. The current county forester, Jared Nunnery, and I also have my own private consulting forester. Well, a consulting forester is just another human being. We've had four, I think, on our property, only two of which I've worked with. Uh, the one before before the one I'm working with now, is up in his 70s. So he's been around a long time, knows a lot of stuff, has a ton of experience. He was clearly listening to me, but when I mentioned things about habitat and animals creating recreational scenic areas, I didn't feel that there was much agreement. This is an interesting point Skip makes. It is important to feel that you and your forester have similar values. When hiring a consulting forester, a landowner should interview a few, ask for a sample management plan, perhaps tour one of their logging jobs. This is a long-term relationship, so the landowner should feel comfortable and listened to as they share their concerns, goals, and objectives. We asked these landowners what advice they might have for others getting started in this process. You have to take a landowner where they're at. I had no idea that if you do something with your land, it's going to have a negative effect on some species and a positive effect on others, and you need to decide which ones you want to you wanna promote. I didn't know that grassland birds needed something different than birds in trees. Gathering information, talking with experts, talking with other landowners, really 
becoming as informed as you possibly can before or during your journey is really important because it's there's a lot to know and and you can't possibly know everything about every aspect of managing woods so i think it really behooves everyone who's thinking about having a larger parcel of land or even a smaller parcel of land to really know who's out there get hooked and the best way to do that there are two programs in the state when i joined coverts in 1986 as a member of the second class it promoted things like getting into current use current use is a fantastic program as far as i'm concerned and it's not just because of the tax relief aspect of it by having to turn in an annual report indicating that you have in fact engaged in some sort of forced activity it sort of is a stimulus to get to work to get in your woods and do something the other program the Vida Vermont tree farm program when i joined tree farm in 1976 10 years before i got into coverts basically it was a feel good thing where you got a triangular sign on your land and maybe somebody come out and casually walk your land and say oh you're doing a good job the current tree farm program is much more rigorous than that in fact it has some aspects that are more rigorous than use value assessment so that when you do a management plan if you're in both current use and the tree farm program you want to make sure you touch base with all the standards those three things current use tree farm and Vermont coverts also if they get into working in their woods they want to be conscious of the NRCS standards because if they want any money for timber stand improvement erosion control of road building stuff like that go to the websites of these organizations and attend some of their walks in the woods or or tree farm tours or coverts tours a lot of these are held on the web so you can do them in the middle of the evening and and get all the benefits if you see a tree farm sign or or hear somebody on coverts you know visit their land i'm sure most of them would be willing to take you for a tour and explain what they're doing alan just shared a lot of organizations and programs available to landowners so much great information and opportunities for landowners and others to get engaged and learn more we'll continue to explore the relationship with forestry professionals further in the next episode before then check out our show notes to connect with some of these resources okay lisa let's go back to the journey metaphor what is the next step after a landowner has a management plan well it shouldn't just sit on a shelf there are prescriptions also known as management actions that a landowner is supposed to be taking over the life of the plan. It is a living working document that helps ensure the stewardship, health, and value of the forest. This plan also is updated every 10 years and it gives the landowner an opportunity to reassess the health of their forest, their goals, and what direction they're going. So that brings into the issue of, you know, how to support silviculture management. I just want to jump in here and explain that silviculture is the art and science of caring for the forest to meet a variety of values from wildlife habitat to timber management. All right, back to Skip. Which in my mind is is a little like gardening. 
pulling out the weeds and letting the plants that you want grow. And I want to do that up here. I want to um, cut out some of the bigger trees that may not be valuable, but are shading some of my hardwoods. I want to thin out some of the hardwoods so that they will grow straighter. And this is, you know, strictly so that they'll be commercially more valuable. Being commercially valuable will provide funds for future generations to maintain the forest, pay the taxes, keep the forest going, you know, financially. But the journey doesn't end with just the management plan or even implementing those management prescriptions. It's also what happens to the land in the future, the succession of that land, who we pass it on to. You know, I can grow things, I can help the trees grow, I can become a good steward, I can make this land physically an easier place to manage for my daughter if she decides to, to, to manage it or, or live up here or live somewhere else and manage it. It will run much more smoothly. I found a, a, a young forester who hopefully will be around for 20 or 30 years to, to, to manage it. But who is going to own the property and what's their attitude is going to be, hmm. So really, the journey never ends because our need to care for the land never ends. You know, I really want to improve the understory layer, and my goal is to someday have black-throated blue warblers be able to nest, because right now the, the plant life doesn't support that. The land has a pretty bad problem with invasive plants. I am acutely aware of the, you know, the detrimental effect of those plants on the landscape, and it's gone unchecked for quite a while, so there are large swaths of, of invasive things like common buckthorn and Japanese barberry. One of my goals in terms of improving the land is to start controlling those. I spent the fall with a chainsaw, some buckthorn blaster, and did as much as I could with the help of my kids and other members of my family, their friends, anyone I could get <laughs> to come out to the woods and help cut the buckthorn. When I hear black-throated blues singing on my land, I will know that I'm heading in the right direction. Do you have a story to share about your connection to the woods or a question you would like us to explore on a future episode? We would love to hear from you. Leave us a message at 802-476-2003, extension 210, or visit our website, www.ourvermontwoods.org backslash heartwood. In our next episode, we will meet some of the professionals who help to manage Vermont's woods and wildlife. This has been Kate. And Lisa. And you've been listening to Heartwood Vermont, hosted by Vermont Coverts, UVM Extension, and UVM Center for Research on Vermont. This podcast was produced by Leah Kelleher and made possible by funding from Vermont Agency of Agriculture, Food and Markets, and the Working Lands Enterprise Board. The introductory music you heard on this episode was from Vermont musician Joanne Garten. To hear more of her work, check out her new album, Bees Knees. See you in the woods! <laughs>